0: So glad you guys could make it out this morning how many of you stayed up past midnight last night a lot of you did okay I didn't raise my hand because I went to bed about 11 uh, but you know when you turn 53 that's what you do 11's about the limit but uh, if you did stay up late um, I know that what you're getting ready to hear uh, won't put you to sleep by any stretch but it'll help you uh, with a new relationship that you're all forming. And you know what relationship that is? It's your relationship with the year 2017. And we hope that you can go into that year with the best possible uh, momentum that we can offer. And of course, we want to be Christ-centered in all of that. Uh, And as we do, we also want to think about the fundamentals of our faith and how we can just go back to them and build on them. So just a quick question. Um, What are the two greatest commandments in the scripture? You know what they are? Mm -hmm. What are they? And And that includes your pastor, right Jackie? (laughs) Yes, it does. Yeah. Just keep that in mind in 2017. She's like, I'm sorry I even mentioned it. Well, there's another foundational uh, truth that we're going to explore, and uh, it's by um, really a, a new friend that I've just developed, but he's um, uh, very much, uh, through his mother, uh, been, been a part of this body for a long time. And uh, Judy Elkins, who uh, normally attends traditions, uh, decided she would check us out and especially listen to her son and make sure that he's uh, doing what he's supposed to be doing while he lives down around Cincinnati. So Steve, I'd just like to invite you up uh, to the pulpit uh, as, um, as we uh, just um, uh, allow you to help us kick off uh, 2017. Come on up. Morning. I uh,
1: do want to wish you a very uh, happy new year as well. I, I want to take just a minute and say a very, very special uh, thank you to Leonard for allowing me the opportunity to be here uh, this morning and speak to you. Uh, A lot of times as ministers and as preachers, uh, it's kind of hard to give up the pulpit on Sunday morning, but Leonard was very uh, gracious and willing to do that, and so I want to say thanks to him. I also want to say thanks to to Brittany, uh, your secretary, and then also I guess Mary, is she a secretary as well? Uh, They both have been really helpful. Uh, to me over the past uh, month or so. I've been communicating with them and uh, they've been answering questions and helping me out. So uh, I'm grateful for that. Uh, One other uh, thing that I want to say in way of uh, thank you uh, is for um, my mom. Uh, She's been a member of your congregation now for uh, a number of years. I'm not really sure just how many years it has been, but uh, i I want to thank you for welcoming her uh, into your church family. Thank you for taking such good uh, care of her. The title of our message uh, this morning is, Is Your House Built on the Rock? And if you have a Bible, I'd like to invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7. In just a couple of minutes, I'm going to read a passage that probably many of you have read before, probably a rather familiar passage, but one that I think is really important and speaks to us, especially as we are entering into uh, the new year of 2017. Now, I have the New International Version of the Bible, so I'm going to be reading from that version And then after I read, we will go before the Lord in prayer. Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 24. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams And the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. If you would please bow with me in prayer. Father in heaven, we do humbly praise and thank you for this new year that we are entering, 2017. Father, we pray that you would be with us this year. We we hope and pray that it will be a good year. And Father, I especially pray that it would be a good year for the first Christian church here in Salem. And Father, as we study your word, as we look at the words of your son Jesus, we pray that through your word, we pray that through your Holy Spirit, that you would speak to our hearts this morning. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. I want to begin by uh, talking to you for just a few minutes about tornadoes. You know, I don't know how you feel about tornadoes, but ever since I was just a kid, I have always been really fascinated with tornadoes. Now, they scare me, they terrify me, but there's just something that's really... Intriguing to me about them. And whenever on the news they show video of a tornado or they show pictures uh, in a magazine, I really love to look at those because they just are just so fascinating to me. Now, I don't know if you've ever had the uh, misfortune perhaps of being in a tornado. I can remember one time when I was a teenager, actually seeing a tornado. And I I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. And I remember on this one particular day, for some reason, my my mom and dad were not at home. And I was at home by myself, and there was a, a tornado. And I remember going to our back door and the little window in our back door. And I remember looking out, and I could see the tornado. And it had not yet come all the way down to touch the ground, but you could see it forming in the sky, and so I stood there, terrified but amazed at the same time, and I'm watching it for a few minutes. And it's starting to form more and more. And it's starting to come a little bit lower and a little bit lower. So, of course, the thing you're supposed to do is you're supposed to head for the basement. You know, get underground, get somewhere safe. So that's what I did. I went down into the basement. And I was down there for maybe a minute or two. But I was just so curious that I came back up the stairs and went back to the door, back to the window. Not not a very bright thing to do. But I just had to see the tornado. Now, fortunately, the tornado did not hit in the neighborhood that we lived in, where I grew up. But it did touch down in Columbus several miles away. And it did do quite a bit of damage. But again, I've always been fascinated with tornadoes. And so I did a little bit of research uh, about tornadoes. and, And some of the things that I have found out is that in an average year... There are about 800 tornadoes nationwide across our country. Tornadoes can reach wind speeds of up to 250 miles per hour, sometimes even stronger than that. A tornado can leave a path of destruction as wide as a mile in width And as long as 50 miles in length. So tornadoes can be very uh, devastating. I read one time that there was a tornado in Oklahoma. And it picked up this huge motel sign. And it carried it 30 miles. And dropped it across the state line over into Arkansas. And I also remember... And some of you might remember this, I don't know, but a number of years ago in Xenia, Ohio, there were reported that on one day there were seven tornadoes that struck Xenia. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Xenia, where uh, my family and I live now, which is fairly close to Cincinnati, kind of between Cincinnati and Dayton. We're not very far from Xenia. And so we go through Xenia quite often. If you've ever been through Xenia, Xenia is really flat land, which is even more dangerous uh, when a tornado strikes. Because if the land is flat, usually a tornado will do a lot more damage than if it's hilly Uh, country. So anyway, in Xenia, on this this one day, seven tornadoes hit, and they struck a mobile home park and just wiped it out, just completely devastated uh, that mobile home park. Uh, I I had uh, one of my sons, uh, I have one of my sons with me uh, this morning, Matthew, But we also have another son, Ryan. And when Ryan was in elementary school, he came home from school and he brought with him a a tornado safety booklet. Now, that was a long time ago. And I've kept that booklet over all these years because it's got some really neat pictures of tornadoes in it. But it's got some really good information, too. And one of the things that the booklet said was this. And let let me read the quote to you. The booklet said, Mobile homes... Even if tied down, offer little protection from tornadoes and should be abandoned in the event that a tornado strikes. And then the booklet went on to say this do not try to outrun a tornado in your car, instead, leave it immediately. Now, I got to thinking about that when I read that in the booklet. Why would the booklet? single out mobile homes and cars as being especially unsafe when a tornado hits. And I got to thinking about that and wondering about it, and then it began to dawn on me, it's simply for this really one reason, both a mobile home and a car does not have a foundation, a firm foundation hold them down and secure in the high winds of a tornado. Now, we've been talking about tornadoes and you might be sitting there thinking, what in the world does this have to do with our sermon message and with the passage that we're looking at, the words of Jesus here in Matthew 7? Actually, it really has a lot to do with what Jesus has to say here. If you We're listening and looking closely at your scripture when we were reading it earlier. Jesus points out in our passage that if we do not have a secure foundation when the storms of life hit, then we are going to be in deep trouble, even as when a tornado hits and there's no secure foundation. To hold down and keep us safe. Jesus is pointing out in our passage this morning that at some point in time in your life, and maybe for some of you this has already happened, but at some point in time in your life, a storm is going to come. And as I got to thinking about all of that, I got to looking at verse 25, and I began to notice something that Jesus said that I really hadn't ever noticed before when I read this scripture. If you look again with me at verse 25, when Jesus talks about this storm... He talks about the storm hitting from all sides and all angles. Now now listen to what Jesus says. In verse 25, he says, the rain came how? Down. He says, the rain came down. He says, the streams did what? They rose. And actually, in the original Greek language that this was written, when it talks about the streams rising, that is the word for flood. So you've got the rain coming down, you've got the flood water coming up, and then Jesus goes on and he says that the winds blew and beat against the house. So the the rain is coming down, the flood is coming up, the wind is hitting from every side. And you know, a lot of times, that's how the storms of life hit us. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like life was hitting you from every conceivable angle? And there was just no place to turn. Jesus is telling us, That we can be sure that at some point in time the storms of life are going to hit. The question is, do you have a secure foundation when that happens? The storms of life come in many different ways. and Let me just give you a few examples so that hopefully you understand exactly what uh, I'm trying to... Share with you and what I think that Jesus is saying. When Jesus talks about the storms of life, they can come in many different ways. For example, the storms of life can come in the form sometimes of an illness or a disease. You know, maybe you're not feeling well, things aren't going quite right, you go to the doctor, you have some tests, you get the results back, and the news isn't good, the diagnosis is bad. The prognosis is even worse. The storms of life can hit in that way. Sometimes the storms of life hit us in our our job. Maybe we're having job problems. Maybe we've lost our job. Maybe we're going through financial problems. Maybe we're even facing bankruptcy. Storms of life can hit in that way. Sometimes the storms of life hit in our family. Maybe it's in our marriage. Maybe it's problems with our our children. Maybe problems with our parents. Maybe the marriage even ends in a divorce. And so the storms of life can hit us from that angle. Sometimes the storms of life hit us in the area of the loss of a loved one. You know, maybe it's a spouse who's passed away. Maybe it's the loss of of a child or the loss of a parent. And now all of a sudden in our home, there's this empty chair around the table where our loved one used to sit. And on and on the list can go. But I want you to notice that Jesus tells us here in this passage that the storms of life are going to come. It's not a question of if the storms of life are going to hit. The question is when they're going to hit. And Jesus tells us that we really have two options. He tells us we can either build our house on the rock or we can build our house on the. The sand. And what we're going to try to look at for the next uh, several minutes, we're going to try to see, you know, what is Jesus trying to teach us in this parable as we look at building our house on the foundation of the rock or the lack of a foundation on the sand. I think there's really mainly just two points that Jesus is trying to share with us in this parable. And the first one is this. Jesus is telling us that the wise man builds his house on the rock. Let me read to you again verses 24 and 25. Jesus said, Therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice... Is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet, it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Now, now what is Jesus talking about here? When he says that we need to build our house on the rock. One of the things that I've learned in in my lifetime in the church is that the very best way to understand the Word of God is to interpret Scripture with Scripture. Many times, one passage in the Bible will shed light on another passage in the Bible. And, And, you know, I've often thought of God's Word as sort of like being a puzzle, Now if you've ever gone to the store, if you've ever bought a puzzle and worked on one, you know when you buy a puzzle and you sit down and maybe you've got a hundred or five hundred or a thousand pieces, the puzzle doesn't make much sense until you start putting all the pieces together. And that's how it is with the word of God. The more you study the word of God, the more the pieces start to fit together. And one passage will shed light on another passage. Now there's a lot of scriptures that we could look at that I think would shed light on what Jesus is saying here. About the wise man building his house on the rock. But there's one in particular that I want to read to you. These are the words of the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 10 and 11. The apostle Paul says this. Now listen closely. He says, "By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder. And someone else is building on it, but each one should be careful how he builds." For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So Paul talks about laying a foundation. He says we should be careful how we build. And he says there's only one foundation and that is Jesus Christ himself. Now if you take this passage and if you... Wed it to the passage over in Matthew chapter 7 where Jesus talks about building your house on the rock. What we see is that when Jesus is talking about building our house, building our life on the rock, it means building your life and your priorities on Jesus Christ and on the Word of God. That's how you build the solid foundation. And only Jesus and only his word is the solid foundation that will enable us to be able to withstand the storms of life when they hit. Now I know we have uh, quite a few uh, young people here, more young people than we had in in the first service. So some of you may not be real familiar with this guy that I'm going to mention, but some of you who are a little bit older probably will. Some of you might remember, uh, he's passed away now, but he was a a country singer. He was real popular a number of years ago. His name was John Denver. Some of you familiar with John Denver? Okay, well if you are, when I was growing up, I was a huge John Denver fan, and uh, I still am. I really, I really love uh, his music. He wrote a lot of great songs, but there's one song in particular that that really the words fit in with what we're talking about this morning. Now, this is probably not one of John Denver's uh, more famous songs, but my wife, Diana, I think maybe it's one of her favorite songs, and the title of the song is Matthew. And the song talks about, John Denver sings about his uncle named Matthew. Now, I don't know if he really had an uncle named Matthew or not, or if this was just the words to the song. But in verse 3, I want to read to you the words to the song. And if you listen closely, you can see how it fits in with what Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 7. The words in verse 3 go like this. It says, Well, I guess there were some hard times. And I'm told some years were lean. They had a storm in 47. A twister came and stripped them clean. He lost the farm. He lost his family. He lost the wheat. He lost his home. But he found... The family Bible is faith as solid as a stone. Now that's what Jesus really is talking about here in this passage. John Denver, he's singing about this Uncle Matthew. He says back in 1947 there was this twister. There was this tornado. It hit. And his Uncle Matthew, he lost his farm. He lost his home. He lost his family, he lost his crops, he lost virtually everything. But he found one thing, one thing he didn't lose. And that was his faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what got him through the storm that he went through in his life. In our church back in in Middletown, Ohio... We have an an older man, an elderly man, he's retired now, and I'm not really sure exactly what his first name is, but we call him, his nickname, I don't know for sure how he got this, um, but his nickname is Maggie, we call him Maggie, his name is Maggie Alvarez, and he is a wonderful uh, man, Uh, he's kind of quiet, kind of stays to himself, but just a really neat guy and I really love uh, Maggie Alvarez. He's just a a great guy. He's in my Sunday school class and so I, I get to be around him quite a bit and work with him on projects and things. But the reason I wanted to mention to you about Maggie is that Maggie is a retired construction worker and Maggie has traveled all across the United States building hospitals and He is a very, or was a very uh, skilled construction worker. That's how he ended up in our town. He came to our town to build this huge, beautiful hospital that we have called the Atrium Medical Center. And that was one of his very last projects. And so he retired in our town, started coming to our church with his wife. And not too many years ago, he gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ and we, we baptized him and to Christ. So anyway, uh, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm working on this sermon message and I thought, you know, I want to talk to Maggie, you know, he's a construction worker. He's done this, you know, pretty much all of his life. He's a smart guy. I've seen him build things around the church. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to to talk to him. I'm going to ask him some questions. Well, I found out some rather interesting things. Now, some of you might know this. You might be smarter than me. But I found out some really interesting things uh, as I was talking to Maggie. And, And I want to take just a minute and share this with you. Because I think it really ties in well with what Jesus is talking about. One of the things that I found out is that the bigger or the taller a building is the deeper the foundation has to go into the ground. I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't know that, but it does. It has to go deeper. So if you've got, if you've got a skyscraper, if you've got a building that's hundreds of feet high, you can be really sure that the foundation is really, really deep. Now, why, why is that necessary? Why is that important? Well, here's another thing that I found out that was, that was pretty fascinating. Did you know... That all buildings sway. They do. No matter how big the building is, all buildings sway. And the taller a building is, the more it sways. So that's why it's really important to have a deep, secure foundation. And so I'm thinking about all of this, and I'm talking with Maggie, and I'm thinking, you know as Christians, and especially now as we're entering into the new year of 2017, you know, hopefully maybe one of your goals is that you want to grow as a Christian. You want to grow in your relationship with Christ. Well, just like a building, if you want to grow, the taller you want to grow, guess what? The deeper your foundation needs to go. And so I'm thinking about all of that and talking with Maggie. And then just just about a week ago, I I was just doing my daily devotional reading. I was reading through the Gospel of Luke. I came to Luke chapter 6. And you probably know that if you've studied the Gospels before, that many times you can find one Gospel story... You know, like in Matthew, and then you can go to another gospel like Luke, and you can find the same story, only they're written by different men. And so sometimes they'll add in something maybe a little bit, a little bit different twist or a, f- a few extra uh, words that maybe one of the other gospel writers didn't use. Well, if you look at Luke chapter 6, you'll find this parallel passage that we find and read about here in Matthew chapter 7. But one of the things that I noticed there was that in Luke chapter 6, Luke includes the words that Jesus said that you need to. Dig Dig deep, you've got to go deep to build your foundation on the rock. There's another passage in the Bible that, that I think fits in uh, really well here and helps shed light on what Jesus is saying. If I were to ask you who you would say is the wisest man. In the Bible, apart from Jesus, of course, who, who would you say? Solomon. Solomon, yeah. Probably, probably we would, most of us would think of Solomon. I want to read to you the words of Solomon. This is kind of a, an, an obscure passage because it's in the book of Psalms. When we don't usually think of Solomon writing in the book of Psalms, but he did. And in Psalm 127 verse 1, now, now listen closely. This is one of the, those passages that sometimes I've read this to people and it just kind of, if you don't really think about it, it just kind of goes over your head. But, but listen closely to what Solomon says. He says in Psalm 127 verse 1, he says, Unless the Lord builds the house, It's builder's labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house. Unless you are building your life upon the foundation, the rock of Jesus Christ and the word of God, you are really just building in vain. And so the question is, That I would put forth to you. And to myself as well. Is what or who. Are you building the house of your life on? So again. The first main point. That I think Jesus gives us. Is that the wise man builds his house on the rock. Now there's just. I think just really. One other main point. That Jesus gives us here in this passage. And the second point. Jesus says the foolish man builds his house on what? The sand. The foolish man builds his house on the sand. Let me go to verse 26. and let, Let me read again the words of Jesus. Jesus says this. He says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Now, I want to share something with you and I, I hope this, I don't mean to offend anyone and I hope this doesn't, but when I was studying this passage and I was looking, trying to look at the at the, the original Language, the Greek language here. I noticed something that kind of made me smile, but it really makes a a good point. When Jesus talks about the foolish man building his house on the sand, the word foolish in the original language is where we get our English word moron. That's where it comes from. It comes from this word here. So, you know, Jesus is saying the foolish man, the moron, doesn't build his house on the rock, he builds his house on the sand. Now, why would anyone build their house on the sand. Well, th- there probably are some rather practical reasons why a person, especially back in Jesus' day, would build their house on the sand. You know, today we can build our homes pretty much anywhere we want to build them because of our technology, you know, we can pipe in water no matter where we are. It wasn't that way back in Jesus' day. They couldn't just easily pipe in water to their homes. So, since there's not a lot of water in the region of Palestine where Jesus lived and walked and taught, when someone would want to build a house, you would be tempted to build your house close to water. So you would have easy access to water. The only problem is, the closer you get to building your house on water, usually there's a good chance that you're building your house on sand. Now you might sit there and think, well, so what's the big deal if you build your house on sand? Well, there's one major problem with sand. Sand shifts. And because it shifts, it does not give your house the firm, steady foundation that it needs. And especially, especially when the storm hits. So building your house on the sand, it might seem really practical at first, but really turns out to be a huge mistake. Now, what is Jesus talking about? What does Jesus mean when he says, building your house on the sand? You know, I think a lot of times it is easy, especially for us today, in our society, and in our day and age, in our culture, it is really easy to build your life on the sand instead of on the rock. Now, let me let me try to give you a few examples of how people build their lives on the sand, and, and maybe maybe some of you can relate to this. Maybe some of you are building your lives on the sand right now. And these things that I'm going to mention, these examples that I'm going to give you, they're not necessarily bad or wrong in and of themselves, but they can be. And let me try to explain what I mean. I see so many people today, and this is such a temptation, I think even for us as ministers, this is a temptation You know, nowadays, there is such a great importance placed upon our career and upon our profession and going to college and getting an education. Now, don't misunderstand me. I I believe 100%, you know, in the importance of education and college, I think that's really important. There's nothing wrong with having a career or having a profession, but here's what I have seen happen, and maybe it's happened to you. I've seen people who were once Christians in the church, and then all of a sudden they get so caught up in their career and in their profession that that all of their energy is put Solely into that. That becomes the driving force of their life. And all of a sudden, Jesus and the Lord's church gets put on the back burner and it's no longer important. And then all of a sudden, you see those people, they start showing up less and less and less for the church services and for the Bible studies. And less and less they begin studying the word of God. They begin praying less and less. And just all of their energy is put into their career. You know, they're, they're concerned about making money. And again, there's nothing wrong with that unless it takes the place of Jesus Christ and his church. And when that happens... You are now building your life on the sand instead of on the solid rock. And then all of a sudden, you know, the the nicer, bigger house, you know, the fancier cars, uh, the boat, the job title, the prestige, all of a sudden, all of that becomes really important and the church and Jesus just kind of falls by the wayside. That's building your house on the sand. Here's what happens. And, and if you'll allow me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of read this from my notes because I, I think this is I think this is really important. Here's what happens to people that build their lives on the sand. People become so busy and they become so consumed with chasing their lofty dreams and goals that they become totally focused and driven on these goals to the exclusion of everything else. And, and here's what almost always I've seen it happen so many times, and maybe it's happened to you. Even if you achieve all of your dreams, and all of your goals, and all of your aspirations that you have, you will probably be happy for a while, but then the thrill and the excitement will eventually wear off, and it will leave you empty inside Because you have built the house of your life on the sand. And then what happens? The storms of life hit. And your life is built on the sand. And you don't have that anchor. You don't have that foundation to hold you firm when life gets really tough and ugly as it does at times. You know, I know I know in my own life, and, and if you were to sit down with Diana and I, we would both tell you, you know, I can remember when I was in high school. And I can remember, you know, thinking about what life's going to be like, you know, when I out of high school and graduate, when I go to college and graduate, when I get married, when I have a family. You know, I can remember thinking about all of that. And and I've got to tell you, and I know Diana, my wife, would tell you the same. There have been things, there have been storms that have come that we've had to face and endure that we never dreamed ever happened. And the only thing that helped us make it through was that rock of Jesus Christ and the word of God. So you can build your life on the sand and you'll be happy for a while. And the storm is going to hit. And what did Jesus say would happen to the person who built their house on the sand? He said it fell. The great crash. And again, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when the storms of life will hit. Only what is built on Jesus Christ and on the word of God will last. I I, I thought your uh, praise and worship team was uh, phenomenal up here. I thought they did tremendous, tremendous job. You guys, many of you may not be familiar uh, with the old hymn. There's a a great old hymn called uh, The Solid Rock. I don't know if any of you have ever sung that or heard that before. But in that great old hymn, there is a, a chorus. And the chorus says this. It says, on Christ, the solid rock... I stand all other ground sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And it is. Maybe, maybe you are a baptized Christian. Maybe you've been attending church for years and years... But you know that deep down inside, there is something missing in your life. Maybe you've never really built your life up on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, His Word. Maybe at times you find yourself feeling empty and lonely and discouraged. You know, and, and maybe you've got a great job. Maybe you've got a good bank account. Maybe you drive a nice car. But there's something missing in your life. And maybe that's because you've never built your life on Jesus Christ. Let me say this to you with, with all the being that I have in my heart. Because I truly believe this. Only Jesus can bring true meaning and true purpose and true joy to your life. Nothing else will work. Everything else is sand. Only Jesus can give you the real satisfaction, the real fulfillment, the real joy in life. Jesus is the rock, he's the solid foundation that will enable you to withstand when the storms of life hit. As we enter this new year of 2017, what or who are you building the foundation for life on?
0: As we kick off 2017, um, our primary concern today is to make sure that everyone has had a a great opportunity to connect uh, to the Lord and the foundation that we have in him in whatever way you need to. Uh, A lot of you in the room I know, uh, he's already personal. Uh, You can echo what Steve just said by saying that you you can also say that with every fiber of your being, he is... The source of your meaning. He is the source of your total purpose and, and vision for life. And there may be others of you who are not so sure. I, I didn't know Steve other than phone conversations uh, that we had prior to this, um, uh, uh, th- th- this morning. And as um, I came to know him through those conversations, it became obvious to me that the same thing that the Lord was doing in my life... He had been doing in Steve's life as well. And so what what we're talking about today is just something universal for us all. And that is, that foundation that God has laid for us in his son is a foundation that he's inviting all of us to be a part of. And um, I just hope that as you walk out of here today, uh, you've put another brick on that foundation of your life and you can begin 2017 with the stability that only he can provide. Um, So maybe if you need to know him in a deeper way, we want to help you with that. You can put it on your connect card information about yourself and your need, and we want to follow up on that. Or you can even come forward now because it's in the moment. The other thing that we want to do is, Steve had mentioned (laughs) that part of that foundation includes God's word. And maybe you spend time in God's word, maybe you don't. But I would, I would say that, and I think Steve would echo, that integrating God's word into your life is perhaps the most effective way to keep that foundation uh, where it needs to be. And we have, of course, electronic options, which many of you might consider. But we also have something that's called a paper, and uh, it has information on it, this is a guide for reading the Bible that has little boxes you can check off if you get satisfaction out of doing that. And uh, these are right outside the worship center. There's 150 Bible readings, which means out of 365 days, you got some grace days. You got some days like me where it just doesn't, doesn't work out. And then you get behind. These are just touch points on the story that the Bible represents. And um, as you read it, God pulls you into that story and builds that foundation all at the same time. So we've been praying that you guys can establish yourself in him and have a great and awesome 2017 by making this a priority on this first day of the week, the first day of the year, and put Jesus first in the process.